Welcome everyone, this is Edgar, uh, welcome to the podcast, um, I'm here with Sebas, Sebas, say hi if you want to. Hi everybody, thank you for listening. Um, hello, Sebas, how are you? Doing great, fantastic, it's yeah. like we're getting closer and closer to the World Cup, so every day is getting yeah, I better. Know. Yeah, I It's just counting the days, man, two weeks left, it's, it's very exciting. Um, so in today's episode, we are going to talk about the Champions League final, I mean, I think, you know, a lot has happened since then. I, honestly, it almost feels like it was years ago um, since it happened. But no, it was just on Saturday. Um, about, about Sisu. And, you know, obviously it's not news for, hopefully not news for anyone that Real Madrid's coach left today, uh, Thursday. Yeah. Um, this morning. Well, afternoon. This morning. In Madrid. This morning. Mm-hmm. Here in California. morning US time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And uh, last thing we're going to touch on is the Paolo Guerrero um, going to the World Cup uh, news. So let's get kicked off with the Champions League final. Um, as you may as you may know, um, Real Madrid played Liverpool on Saturday um, afternoon U.S. time, night, uh, late early evening in in Europe in, in Madrid. Um, sorry, in, in Kiev. Kiev. Yeah, in Kiev. Um, and first thing I have to say, and I guess I've missed this, I, and I guess I was always late to watching the Champions League, but I had not noticed that there was always that there was a show before the game started, because I was I was waiting for the game and I realized that Dua Lipa was singing the British singer. So you know, really, they have a there. show like a like an intro show. Yeah, dude, I was so surprised, and I was with all, you know, my wife's family, and they were like, oh my god, Dua Lipa, I was like, alright, <laughs> whatever brings you into the game, but yeah, uh-huh. she did a whole show, and I was I was really surprised, so I didn't know that, but you know, it was a nice surprise. But, um, but like, do, do they like soccer, like your, your wife's family, because like, I don't know, I don't see them like, <laughs> did, no, did, did no. they understand what was, what was happening there? <laughs> It was very, you know, we should probably talk about this for a minute because it was very interesting. They, I was the only one watching with Katie's, my, my wife's brother, and, um, you know, they were doing something else, watching a little bit, but then when the, I think the defining moment of the game happened that Sergio Ramos injured Salah, and they started looking because obviously I threw a huge fuss about it, and you know we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but they started paying attention. They started paying attention a little bit because that happened. Then they started paying more attention when the first uh, error occurred, and then when Bale's goal occurred, they watched and they were like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> <laughs> um, so at the end, they were kind of watching, but you know when it was three one. You know, it, it, yeah. so yeah, they, they did pay attention. It was very interesting. It was a good, interesting, and if you know, you you have no feelings towards any of the teams. It was a, it was an interesting game, entertaining. A lot happened. Yeah, um, I, I can see that game. that is a match that a, an American will love because there were many goals and many like drama going on, right? Sometimes exactly. Some I don't know what many people in the US think that soccer is kind of. Boring. boring and slow but this match was yeah. not like that so yeah it was, I can it see was why they were excited that's nice alright yeah, so, so, so let's really let's just start talking about the, the the game so what do you what do you, what was your impression about the match I you know man like I said the defining moment to me was Salah 
uh, Salah's injury. I felt that in the first, what, 22, 25 minutes, Liverpool was doing a pretty good job. Um, they came in believing in themselves, thinking that they were better than Madrid, and they were showing it on the on the pitch. Uh, and they created a few situations here and there. And I thought that they could have scored. And I thought they... I didn't think... Ne- I never thought they had the match under control, even when Salah was on. But I did think that they had... Um, more will and and power to to score and to take the match to you know to hopefully to to a victory. As soon as Salah was injured, that was a different game. When Salah was injured, Madrid went full full on, and I was you know it, I I didn't like it. We can talk about that in a second, but um, yeah, I, it I was, think it was very I, sad. I agree with you. I think the 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 breaking point was when Salah got injured and and left the game. I think Liverpool was. Pretty much, con- I think they were controlling the game. You know, it's, a, it's against yeah. Real Madrid, so you're not you're never under control. But I exactly. think they were kind of like pushing more than Real Madrid towards the goal, and it's, it was kind of unfortunate. It I, was. Yeah, I think also the first goal was devastating for Liverpool. I oh think, my god! I think that brought everybody because for those who who didn't see the match on the first half. They went. Salah got injured like by the end of the first half, more or less. Minute, uh, minute twenty-five or something. Minute twenty-five. Sorry, yeah, so like, yes, like around the middle. Then they, the, but in that half, nobody scored any goals, and they went, you know, to the intermission. Then when they came, but, then, but by the end of the half, by like after Salah got injured, you could see Madrid was getting more control, was was in control, getting a little closer. And I was like, oh my god, please finish. The game has to finish so that Jurgen Klopp can come in, the Liverpool coach, and talk some sense into them. Like, hey, wake up. You know, it's not over. I know the best players of the game, but come on. You know, try. Do it. Move. Push. And so I was expecting to see a new Liverpool in the second half, but no, it, it was a continuation of of what happened in the in the after Salah came out of the pitch, essentially. Yeah, I think it's because you, they didn't have the players to do that, you know? Like, yeah. uh, Real Madrid had... If, so, if, for example, if that same thing happened to, let's say, Cristiano Ronaldo, they can bring in, like, as they did, Jared Bale, or, you know, like, anybody. Yeah. Because, like, they had, like, a really good squad on the bench. But... Um, and, and also the fact that Salah, you know, so much publicity and so much highlight is on Salah... I mean, I'm sure it also makes the players believe he's so important, and he is. He scored 45 goals. He is very important. Um, so I'm sure that was a huge mental blow for them. Yeah. And you know, hence the result we saw. Yeah. Well, it, it pushes your strategy out of the game. You know, like your yeah. game is to pass the ball through Salah to make a goal, and if you don't, if you don't have that circuit and you have to improvise something, then I guess it's difficult for. It was difficult for Liverpool to achieve something. Nevertheless, they tied the game. That was crazy. That was crazy. And then I think they got like a second, like, breathe there. You know, they got, they, got, yeah. they got a little bit more oxygen in the tank. They were, like, excited. And then... Uh, and then Bale they, scores that monster goal. Yeah. And then that's also demotivating. And then 
<laughs> yeah, they all, he was he was he he was called in. He was in the bench, and then they call him. And then after what, like five minutes later, three minutes yeah. later, he's called like yeah. one of the amazing goals in the history of finals, I guess. Yeah, uh, it was very similar I, I, to the one Ronaldo scored against Juventus, right? It was. It yeah. was definitely. It was. It was insane. I I was very surprised to see that because the first goal that Benzema scored was clearly a mistake from the goalie. Um, that the goalie tried to the, the, so the one zero right for Real Madrid, the goalie tried to kick the ball out of his side of, of his you know f from his goal, and he didn't realize Benzema was in front of him <laughs> somehow. Yeah, and Benzema covers him and the ball bounces off Benzema's leg and goes into the goal and one zero. Yeah, and then that's. Mane, the Mane scored, right? Yeah. A, a corner or, or a, like a free kick, I think. No, it was a corner kick, I think. Um, but, but a ball from the left side and then Mane scored. And it was a good goal. I, I liked it. Um, and I liked how, I have to say, I really like how much Mane tried. I think he was one of the only few attacking players, at least, that I saw, you know, all in, trying, trying as much as he could to, 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 to do some damage. Yeah, that's true. Then Benzema scored a goal, and then Liverpool was trying really hard to tie the game again. Yep. But then the goalkeeper had another, committed another mistake. Two mistakes in what final is unprecedented. Unbelievable. Yeah, no, it's, unbelievable. Yeah, this it was. And you know, I, when I was a kid, I have to admit I didn't play soccer that well. So they always put me as a goalkeeper, as a goalie. <laughs> Because yeah, Sebastian is not very like skilled, so he goes. He's the goalie. I think they did the same thing with this guy. You know, <laughs> I was poor guy. He reminds me of me when I was, you know, like in high school. I don't play yeah. soccer. I don't do it professionally or anything, so I don't mind. Like that, his career, you know, is like a serious thing. If you commit some mistakes like that. Oh my god! It's, it was brutal. I mean, then for for people that didn't see it, I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was just one of those mistakes that you know you don't want to see and you probably won't see again. And I, you know, in a final, I think that's the craziest part, right? That he made two crucial two goals were his responsibility. And yeah. I guess, you know, getting over myself a little, what happened was that Bale, from afar, uh, I would say what, I don't know, 10 yards or maybe a little less from the from the um, box, he shoots um, from afar, from pretty far. And the goalie tries to, an easy ball, tries to, like grab it but not really so he tries to like push it out with both his hands and it just flops and it goes in yeah oh my goodness those are I mistakes that you train it. you train weekly to not for this thing not to happen i don't know what what was the deal there i i'm telling you something i i think it, i mean it was remarkable real madrid is real madrid's third final in a row which is very exciting and i if i were a real madrid fan i would be super excited about this this is r something unprecedented as well something yeah that, that happened to, to real madrid before but it was in the 1950s 60s when 
you know, yeah, like remarkable, remar like many years ago. Um, yep. But I have to say that it's kind of sad that in this Champions League we have seen many mistakes happening from the goalies, especially yeah. when they play against Real Madrid, because yeah. it happened the same thing to Bayern Munich. Exactly, I was just going to mention that. Exactly. So, yeah, it's it's kind of sad that you know Real Madrid is there because of all these mistakes it's not because they have played really hard or you know like those two goals that don't happen and even in the most terrible league on the world like you know if you go to let's say the Saudi Arabian league which is not a very strong league I don't think any goalkeeper in that league will do that mistake any in a final twice probably not no. I just thought I, I, I think it's definitely something to call out that yeah, there was a lot of mistakes that happened. Real Madrid has no fault, obviously, on on, on that. Um, you know, they, but I mean, props to Benzema for trying and putting himself, you know, in front of the goalie so the ball bounces and and scores the first goal. And I mean, props to Bale for trying from afar. That I mean, we have to be fair too. That second goal from Gareth Bale. Sorry. The first goal, but the second goal for Real Madrid. Um, the first goal for Gareth Bale and second goal for Real Madrid was beautiful, Sebas. Yeah, it, it was. I, I was. I was like, all right, they deserve to win. It hurt to see the last goal, the third goal. I thought that Liverpool could tie. Uh, but my goodness, you know, from the way the match went, I do think Real Madrid deserved to be, to, to be champions. I have to say that the, you know, when if any other player would have injured Mohamed Salah, I would have been like, well, things happen. It's it's a sport, right? It, you know, you you it's a physical sport. But yeah. Sergio Ramos, ish. Yeah, he's I, always I, playing dirty. He is like Pepe used to be as well, like that. Yeah. I don't know, and he's kind of crazy because. Well, not crazy. I think it's kind of like sad because Real Madrid was known to be a team in which they used to play really clean and elegant soccer. You know, that yeah. was like their slogan for years. And I have noticed that it has changed a little bit. It has become a little bit more rude, you know? Rough so and dirty. More yeah. Very, yeah, very rough. And so for the audience, like Real Madrid used to play more or less like how Ronaldo plays. You know, Ronaldo is... I don't see Ronaldo. He complains a lot, and that's kind of annoying. But he always plays clean, you yeah. know. Like he's very skilled, but he plays clean. Right. So Real Madrid used to be kind of like that. The whole team now. I don't know. I see things happening sometimes that are really doubtful, committing faults, and yeah, I don't know. I, and if, I, if they, if, I'm sorry. And if if they bring in Neymar, this is gonna get even worse. Yeah. <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> Okay. I I think that it was interesting just just for a second that to to see Salah go out like that. I did not, you know, it was his big moment. Like I said in the last episode, to show that he was a world class player, and he did not get a chance to do that. And I, you know, obviously don't want to think ill of a person like Sergio Ramos, but my goodness, I cannot in that moment. And I have to say this: I was furious that. Sergio Ramos did that. If it would have been someone else, I would have been angry. But I would not have felt like he did it on purpose. And yeah. that's kind of what I'm trying to get at. I, you know, 
maybe it wasn't a premeditated thing that he thought that I'm gonna injure this guy, but he saw his shot and I, you know maybe he took it. I, I don't know, but because he ha, that's not you know, and and he's not the type of player that needs to do those things, which is infuriating. But he's done you know not so great things in in the past like yeah. like, like this. You know he's injured players. Again, I'm not saying on purpose, but you know, definitely, there's a lack of understanding um, yeah. and sportsmanship there, to, at least to me, it seems. Yeah, I, I never seen, for example, Pujol. I never saw Pujol doing something right. like this, or you know, like other players, like uh, Ivan Ramiro Cordova doing something like that. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like to bring like few names, like they always playing clean. I don't know why he cannot do the same thing. Yeah, and but it, it's not the same to not be rough. Like you're a defender, you have to be rough. You have to, you know, uh, have some presence and and you know hit when you have to. That's part of the game. But that, I I didn't like it and I didn't don't appreciate it. Yeah. So, for the audience uh, who don't know, well, the three days later after this match, well, four days, five days later five. actually, five days, and decided to 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 resign from the team so now he's I guess uh, one of the most uh, how you say that like coaches, coaches to look for in the Champions League oh. in, the, in the in the in Europe right now I think probably many teams are gonna make a move to get him right see that I think he left an institution that he has been working for many years so many of you don't know probably but he used to be the coach of Real Madrid before he was the main coach he used to be the coach of uh, the youth Real Madrid training uh, after he finished his career he started working in Real Madrid training the youth teams and the minor divisions of Real Madrid and he did that for many years and after that he became the main coach of Real Madrid winning Three Champions Leagues in a row, two Spanish Supercopas, two one uh, uh, La Liga, one Liga, and also two uh, Super Europa Super Cups in a row. So great numbers. I think European wise, I think local wise, like in Spain, not so great. He didn't win a Copa del Rey there. He he didn't make it. He was not even competing for the for the league this year, <laughs> so they were second, but really far behind from Barcelona since December. So I think probably th that lack of enthusiasm t towards the towards La Liga that's probably what led to his departure. I think. So you you wait. So you're saying you think that it was not just him leaving, deciding that it's, it's time to leave. You think that it was like Florentino's the Real Madrid president saying it's it's time to leave. I think I think when you only have like very few trophies at home, even though you won like a big piece in Europe, you know, like I think it's not enough. You know, like uh, wow. and Real Madrid showed like. Uh, especially for an institution like Real Madrid and in a league like the Spanish league because you are competing mm -hmm. against Barcelona and technically that's it you know like Atletico right. Madrid and the other teams are great but not at that level right. so if you don't bring in another trophy or you don't win anything else that's kind of like not what people like you know like yep. and people like 
they like to win their their their, their local trophies as well. Well, and it's interesting because I mean, yes, winning three champions like in a row is a big deal, it, historic. I mean, it's like you said, the only time it's ever happened before is with the same team in the fifties. Um, that said, if you wouldn't have if you wouldn't have won the trophy, um, they would have won nothing this season. Yeah, and they would have not only that they would have competed for almost nothing. I mean, just for Champions League, which is again, it's a big deal to get to the final, and it's even a bigger deal to win it, and it's even a bigger, bigger deal to win three in a row. But this season would have not looked good at all if they wouldn't have won this trophy. Yeah, that's why that's why I think probably they talk about it because I think the you know Real Madrid was almost in the position of not getting anything, and it has right. been like that two times. You know, because there was yeah. also like in the first. Was it the first or second league? I don't remember exactly, but one of those leagues as well, the, the Barcelona won. Right. Like actually, his first uh, Copa, like his first league, Spanish league, he didn't win it. Yeah. And it was also the same scenario. If you don't win this against Atlético Madrid, you're gonna, you, we're not gonna have anything here. Yeah, I, I think you know, I have to say that you know, he has in impressive numbers. I think anyone would want to have those numbers. We want to win a, a league, Champions Leagues, World uh, Club World Cups. Um, I think I, I think he made a good choice leaving. Actually, I think he won everything he needed to win. He left on a high note, which is always a good thing. I mean, at least for me, um, you know, he left the three times Champions League winner. Um, you know, it's a club that you know he played at as a player, and he did really well at. And now as a club where he started being a manager, like a, you know, at least from a top tier, um, not top tier, sorry, professional club, first division club, um, and that's remarkable. And he lives in a high note, winning a lot in in his first few seasons as a coach, and he's yeah. gonna have a bright future ahead. Yeah, he's living a. He's gonna be one of those historic players for Real Madrid, nevertheless. You know, like yeah. he won so many things with Real Madrid as a player, winning leagues, Champions League, uh, Champions League one. Yeah, like uh, he won also. Yeah, he then he became a, a coach, and you know, like he was very influential in the in the team, in many of the decisions that were taken managerial wise as well. Right. So we are talking about like 20 years in an institution mm -hmm. that he devoted yeah, to uh, in many roles. And it would be interesting to see where he goes. I mean, what if he decides he doesn't want to be a coach anymore? Yeah. I mean, that would be very interesting, for example. Yeah. You, you're right. I mean, he has been in Real Madrid for so long. Um, why would he leave Madrid, for example? You know, he doesn't have to. He has all the money in the world. Um, yeah. I mean, of course, the only reason is, you know, professional push but he's won everything i mean i could totally see him not wanting to be a coach anymore and just maybe like a director or manager at real madrid um because you maybe know he's, he, yeah go ahead no maybe he's waiting for to be the coach of his national team that's France, an option that yeah, would be interesting um what i was thinking is you know how people make guardiola so like you know like as such a eminence as such a such a Incredible coach, and he is. I mean, I, I, no one can doubt that. Um, but I don't think people see Zidane like that, and Zidane has won a lot. Uh, yeah, people see Mourinho as an extraordinary coach, and he is. He's won a lot, except for this season. Um, but 
you know, you s people and and the, and those two persons I've mentioned, Mourinho and uh, Pep Guardiola, are extraordinary coaches. They've shown it, but Zidane has been coached for three years, and no one really talks about him as a you know a strategic coach, as a um, you know beautiful tactics that win games. Why why do you think that is, or or do you think I'm wrong? It's just that I think that his way of managing was not very appealing to many, you know? So, huh. I think, for example, and he lo he was always at the edge of losing, and at the end they, like, won, you know? So they were always at the edge. While Barcelona and Mourinho's teams, they were really strong, and they, you know, they, you could see that they had, they were very very powerful you know what i mean so these teams like this real madrid was not as a as a strong but they achieved like results you know what i mean it, it was not yep, a very very nice soccer to watch either it was really a little bit disorganized in some way but yeah but i don't know but they won I, yeah, they, they, won. He, they won and he got results. I think he's going to probably land in another team. I, I'm pretty sure he... Because I think if he didn't want to coach anymore, he could he could have stayed in Real Madrid as a... You know, like they always give these titles as assistant, presidential, whatever, or, you know, like right. any other position there. But I think he wants to keep coaching, so that's probably why he is leaving. You know, hmm. otherwise he could have stayed in Real Madrid. His son is playing in Real Madrid anyway as well, so... Yeah. So who knows? Well, and, and Kaylor. <laughs> yeah, they also to close this subject a little bit. Real Madrid is thinking about two coaches right now. One is Mauricio Pochettino, who is the current oh, coach of Tottenham. Fascinating. That would be. I think that would be great if they do that. It's Argentinian. He has been in. He played for the Argentinian team, and he has done a great campaign with Tottenham. And he was renewed in Tottenham. But however, he wrote a clause in his contract saying that the only possibility for me to leave Tottenham without any penalty is if Real Madrid hires me. Which really? is really interesting. Yeah, like he wrote that. They wrote that and they agree on that. So technically he's not a free agent or he he's uh, hired by Tottenham, but if Real Madrid wants to hire him, he they have all the options for that. They can do it. Wow, I had no idea. That's yeah. very interesting. Pochettino is very interesting. He was at Southampton and and at, uh, like you said at Tottenham, and he brought up a lot of players. Um, I mean, a lot of the players we're going to see in playing for England have played under uh, Pochettino. Pochettino, yeah. Pochettino. I don't know how you call that po name. Pochettino. Well, <laughs> then the the other option, and for me this was a, kind of a surprise, is Joaquin Lowe current coach of the German national Germany. team. Germany? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Those are their two bets, apparently. I wonder... Yeah, I definitely like the... I mean, I don't like the first one because I think it's a great one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they, Madrid has definitely shifted. I mean, they remember the, the era of the Galacticos a few years ago. They would buy all of these crazy players and they made such fantastic teams. And now you see Isco, you see Lucas Vasquez, you, know, you see more homegrown players. Um, a few defenders, I think that Mar Marroquí defender... Um, um, I think he's played a few games only. Um, he's pretty good. 
um, and you see uh, what is yeah I mean you, you see a, a few other players definitely more than you used to see right Morata yeah. for example um, so that's you know someone like like Pochettino would be fantastic um, to to see where where all of this goes yeah yeah I think it could be a good change it will be interesting to see for example uh, Pochettino in Real Madrid and then we have El Cholo Simeone in Atletico Madrid so two Argentinian coaches coaching the two main teams of Madrid that would be kind of that would be interesting yeah and uh, I think um, yeah I think Zidane leaves as you said really good uh, homemade players actually made by him when he was yeah, playing yeah that's true yeah that is so true I didn't even think about that yeah so so yeah, so that's it's gonna be exciting to see what happens next. It, it's definitely a new era for yeah. for Madrid coming up. I, I am a little sad about um, where things are going for Barcelona. I don't, I just don't see the leadership, and you and Cleo see the leadership under um, you know all the changes that have happened in Madrid um, with you know all these new homegrown players, Lucas Vasquez and the ones I already mentioned. Yeah, um, it's you know it's, it's definitely a, a positive thing. Yeah. Okay. Actually, it was um, Barcelona was the one just to close this subject. Just was the one making the players. Now they are buying them. Yeah. Exactly. So which is crazy to think about. Yeah. And so many of them. You know, I think at some point half of the uh, Spanish national team was Barcelona players, homegrown players. Yeah. yeah. All right, Edgar. Okay. I wanna leave the next subject all to you. No, okay. no, no, no. I really <laughs> wanna. I really wanna hear what you have to say about this. So. Okay. This is a story. Uh, this is you know one of those things that make football more than just kicking a ball yeah it's Uh, more than a game for sure yeah I mean this story just is is fascinating it touches you know obviously we live in the US so we don't live today today in our home countries but um you can feel it. I mean, even my friends that live in Germany or, or you know, all places, somewhere in other places in the United States or Europe, uh, when the news broke that Paulo Guerrero is able to play the World Cup this morning, um, my goodness, exploded. You know, WhatsApp exploded, Facebook exploded. It, you know, uh, people were crying on the streets. I saw like announcers and TV presenters crying on screen. And the reason why, you know, someone may think, what the hell is wrong with these people? <laughs> yeah. uh, but th- there's a justification for this because, A, we haven't been to a World Cup in 36 years. I haven't seen Peru in a World Cup. And it is because of this guy and his tenacity and his balls to try to never give up, to, 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 to always be there. And whenever, you know... We were we were doing really horribly two or one uh, qualifiers ago. Um, he would be the one that stands up and tries and, and gets upset and you know throws himself out there to to at least make a dent. And I think that in these qualifiers, he was able to finally take leadership of the team, and we could see everything change. We saw everything change, and it is because of that, because of what he means, because he's a a brand he's a not just a brand I'm sorry that's that that even sounds so small but he's uh, such a presence uh, the spirit animal of the team he is the spirit animal of the team (laughs) that that 
his him not being there honestly felt like it just wasn't a complete experience um so let's back up a little what happened so guerrero was um went through a doping session as every player as players do after after a match every soccer player uh, I think for every match they play, um, they pick two players from each team, and those players go through the like uh, testing, right, uh, for for drugs and, and whatever it is, uh, to see what they have in their bodies. Um, and he was chosen after the match against Argentina in October of last year in the Bombonera, in, in yeah, in, in Buenos Aires. Um, so he played that match. He played the next match against Colombia, and when we tied with Colombia, um, we qualified to the playoff against New Zealand, and that was going to be a month after. In the interim, so let's say November, in November, early November, or, or late uh, October, mm-hmm. news break that Guerrero tested positive for that doping testing, or for that drug testing, in, um, in October. Um, that they did to him in Argentina. Obviously, people were shocked. I mean, no one, you know, there's been players that have partied, we've seen drunk on TV, have done crazy, crazy shit, um, you know, that people knew that have gone partying and, you know, just, you know, not professionals, right? Uh, not him, you know, he's a 33 year old guy. He didn't grow up in Peru. He, I mean, he did, but he left really young to go play for Bayern Munich. You know, he's been on top of everything for his whole life, his whole career. Yeah, he has um, been a very well-behaved player. Yeah, well, yeah, professional, a professional. Professionally, player. yeah, professionally wise. Yeah, he he's done some 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 things because of his behavior. Um, you know, his complaints. You know, but that has nothing to do with with this. He's a very disciplined player. Um, he's always been. So people were shocked, very shocked. I mean, you could see it honestly with some other players, maybe of the past, this happening, and people were like, "Yep, that makes sense," uh, but not for him. Definitely not for him. Um, and so the first sanction that FIFA immediately put through was a year. And then uh, he appealed and it was reduced to six months. And with a six month reduction, he was able to play the World Cup. But uh, he appealed one more time to, to the, to the, uh, to the um, sports tribunal uh, in Switzerland. And, they, and what happened was he appealed and then the the um, WADA, which is what we call it, say that again. The tribunal. Yeah, no, the the drug enforcer, like the doping enforcer. I think it's called oh, WADA. Okay. Yeah, appealed as well. So Guerrero appealed the decision of of six months from FIFA, and this entity appealed as well. So that made things even more complicated. Because now they ha- they were appealing the fact that it was six months and Guerrero wanted it to be zero. So, because the, the, the enforcer didn't, you know, they didn't want it to be six months or zero. They wanted it to be more. Um, so, the verdict came out to be 14 months, which was shocking. And the, the craziest thing is that in, 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 in the document, uh, it says that Yes, Guerrero is not guilty. He didn't drug him himself, and he didn't uh, 
consume anything to improve his performance and you see that in the document you're like well why the hell do you why are you not letting him play for 14 months then <laughs> yeah. it almost uh, ruined his career yeah exactly I mean we haven't yeah, played for his career six years because yeah. I think he, he got fired of Flamenco he plays in Brazil and I think he's not a player of Flamenco anymore I don't know if that's true, but they have suspended their con his contract, so he's not getting paid yeah. by Flamengo. Yeah, that is a fact. So, yeah, I mean, you, but you're right. Like, he, they, they were ruining his career. So what happened today, this morning, Central Time, or, you know, 7 a.m. Central Time, was that Guerrero had appealed with his lawyers to the Swiss Supreme Court, and they accepted his appeal. And they accepted his appeal on the basis that they think the, the the courts, the Swiss courts, think that the that the punishment is extremely excessive to the fact that he didn't really do anything. I mean, yes, he had the substance in his body, but that could have happened, you know, in so many different ways. And he didn't have copious amounts of 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 this uh, substance. Um, he had a tiny bit that was ruled to be and accepted by everyone involved you know uh could have been for, from anything right and and they accepted the theory that it was from an infusion from a tea of some sort yeah so because of that he can play the world cup and obviously the news broke today you could see the the, the reports in the bb yeah the excitement <laughs> the reports in the bbc the new york times uh my goodness it was you know, of course, everyone is extremely happy that he's playing. I've seen pictures, people crying, and the players being really happy. And it gets interesting because the squad is already 23 players. So one of the kids that traveled to to Europe for the last few friendly games is going to have to not, not play if Guerrero is going to join the yeah. squad. So that's, you know, the other side of the of the coin, right? Uh, so, you know, yeah. of course, I'm sure this, you know, this person, whomever he is, because we don't know yet, um, is going to be obviously extremely heartbroken. But, yeah, I, but think I think he will understand. I mean, he, he was, will understand. Yeah, exactly. he will understand. Especially if soccer players are very, like, understanding when it comes to making uh, the main squad and stuff. I think, uh, you know, sorry to close the subject a little bit, I think, it was gonna be really exciting. He, for I, in my opinion, he's the best player playing in the Americas right now. So he technically put Peru, as Edgar said, in the work in in the World Cup, and yep. in a in a very tough way. Peru was not almost like uh, until the last match. Peru was not qualified, and because they managed to win the matches that they were supposed to and to tie the ones that they were not supposed to as well they managed to get to the World Cup so it was very remarkable what he did and it's going to be exciting I think uh, especially considering how the group of Peru is arranging the World Cup you know they have to play Denmark, France and which is the other team here? Australia Australia well <laughs> <laughs> no hey no hey. no one is big or small we'll have to they always know, say that play everyone but, <laughs> but, yeah. but anyhow like uh, <laughs> you know the, you guys have a very difficult group I think especially yes. considering France and Denmark we, is we, also we do we do I, and we need everyone we need everyone yeah so you need everyone exactly that's what I was about to say you need every player any motivation you know, I think a, a leader sometimes is better. Not he, Guerrero is not just a player; he's a leader as well. 
Yes. So he's gonna make the the team play a little bit more cohesive, more united. You know, it's a month long uh, tournament uh, in which you have to live with a lot of like different players, and you know, like leaders like these keep the team together, and I think yep. that's a great great news for Peru. Yep, I'm so. excited. I am very excited. This World Cup means something else now. Um, we had lost a little part of, you know, the happiness with him not being there. But now, you know, it's all happiness again. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So now the World Cup has, like, is across the corner. So thank you, everybody, for listening to us. It's our first, for fifth episode. Uh, we have seen the stats that we are being heard in different continents in England and here in America as well and we're very happy for for everybody listening to this podcast Uh, so we want to wish you a really great weekend Edgar do you have anything else to to add no just echoing your your thanks and and thank you again everyone 